0: It's a new era on IdahoSports.com, a new website, more content, and for the first time ever, the inaugural Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter. My name's Sven Elskog, glad you could tune in and listen to this podcast that we're going to call the PrepCast, because we are the only people out there that are going to focus their PrepCast entirely on just that, preps. That is all we're going to talk about, high school sports, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, we'll break it all down, or excited about all the changes that are coming onto the website. You may have noticed them as you scroll around. We're going to have all kinds of exciting new features, a better look, improved functionality, all kinds of things that you've asked for. And we finally have, again, we'll bring on Paul Kingsbury to tell you all about those. We'll also have Matt Harrison to talk about last week and discuss some of the things that stood out in high school football and look ahead to this week as well. We're going to have a lot for you on these shows. We'll bring in athletes, coaches, Idaho sports personalities, and members of the media to talk about everything that you want to hear about in Idaho high school sports. Going to get it started here and bring in the owner and managing editor of IdahoSports.com, Paul Kingsbury. Paul, how you doing today?
1: Hey, Sven, I'm excited to be on your uh, your inaugural prep cast uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit different. We're excited to be able to actually talk about things. We've only said written content, we've wrote previews, we've done broadcasts, but this is an opportunity to sit down every Wednesday and say, you know what, let's talk about what happened. And I think that's exciting and people want that. There is not a sport talk show, so to speak, that is solely focused around high school sports here in Idaho. And, well, we are.
1: Well, you and I talk about stuff every day. It's just never recorded. So now that we do this sometimes, we have to watch ourselves a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to save all the content for the prep cast here. (laughs) So, of course, IdahoSports.com has undergone a complete facelift here. It is going to look very different for people that come to the site than it has before. We have a complete overhaul, and that's thanks to the work of Jeff and Dustin Wixom. And, Paul, that's got to be exciting for everybody involved with this. I know it's exciting for me, but talk about kind of the process to get here and the journey along the way that it's been.
1: Well, it's, it's been a fun ride. You know, it's uh, last year we celebrated our 20th year online, so we're in year 21 now. So it's, uh, it, it's been fun. You know, what started as a you know, behind the scenes, you know, after, after work and uh, on weekends hobby turned into a full-time job back in 2002, uh, blessed with a good opportunity there, and it's, and it's you know, come along since then until now, so it's been a good 15, 16 years, and back in 2009, um, you know, myself and, and Dustin and Jeff were, you know, childhood friends, and uh, a couple of the smartest guys I know when it comes to, you know, programming and, and website design, and, uh, and their, their company, WixCorp.com, came up big and uh, and, and re- redesigned it's the first real big redesign we've had since 2009 and uh, and, and it showed and, and you know it worked it's been great it's been fantastic but you're right um, in, in your opening you talked about people have been asking for it and boy have they you know and one of the big things is mobile and uh, and so we're shifting things over to be more mobile friendly and in today's day and age you have to be. And so we hope the fans enjoy that. There's other things we do, you know, on tablet and on on your normal desktop. There's a a lot of new features. And, you know, we'll talk about a few of them here today, Sven, but people are just going to have to take, you know, 5, 10 minutes of their time and look through everything we have new on Idaho Sports.
0: Of course, there's going to be more editorial content, that meaning that we're going to go out, we're going to talk to people, we're going to get quotes from them, and we're going to put stories together. We're going to do weekly rewinds to tell you about what happened in football last week. We're going to do features on your athletes. You're going to be heavily involved in the get to know feature which will focus on athletes from each individual sport we've also got conference standings pages coming out so basically this is going to be more coverage for all sports on this show we're going to talk a lot about football here today but that's because the football season started last week but as we move forward we're going to talk about soccer we're going to talk about volleyball we're going to talk about cross country and then when basketball hits we'll talk about basketball and maybe even break in some swimming here on this i I, i've got to do some research (laughs) to come up with what the swimming topic are because I personally am going to admit I'm not an expert on swimming here in the state of Idaho. It's a, it's a new thing just brought in last year. But like I said, we're going to talk about all kinds of different things on the website. You're going to see a lot more um, user friendliness, as you mentioned, the mobile version, uh, you know, just a lot to be excited about in general.
1: You're you're right. We're going to do more with lacrosse, for example, hockey. You mentioned swimming and, and the other sports. You know, the, the one thing that I think people really like Idaho sports for is that we like to come everybody. You know, we don't just focus on the big schools. We don't just focus on the big, big time players. You know, we like to cover everyone. You know, you and I are doing some eight man football this week. Love it. Um, you know, we're going to be all over the state. I'm going to be at Wendell this week. And also I'm going to be at Mountain View this week. So, you know, we, we don't, uh, we, we don't kind of hold in esteem anyone up over another. We like covering everybody, and, and our new format and our new website is going to allow us to expand that even more. Like you doing this show, we'll have more editorial content, video content, more interviews, a lot more of that cool stuff that people have been uh, wanting for. Um, and one of the big things that we've done is change how our galleries work. We Action photos have been a staple of what we've done even before we were webcasting. And, we've, and so what we've done this year is change how we do that. You're going to be able to see the galleries um, easier. You're going to be able to get to the pictures you want to see, and you can purchase those prints and those downloads a lot easier now. There's IdahoSportsPhotos.com. We we link to them, Um, and so that's how we're doing our photos now to make it better and easier, not only for you, but for the photographers as well. We have a great crew of photographers all over the state, and and they work really hard, and they deserve to have their, their work shown, and so hopefully this will really help them out as well.
0: And of course, all the content that you've grown to use a ton and you like using and you understand how it works, that's all going to stay there. We'll still have the game streams. We did over 470 live broadcasts last year. We'll still have all your school team pages. We'll have the scoreboard state tournament brackets and expanding upon what we've done previously by sharing the media polls and the Idaho Sports Poll and the Coaches Poll. We're going to be expanding it to Coaches Polls for every sport. They're all getting included. It's just not football and basketball. We're including Coaches Polls for all the different sports. Our own Sport Information Director, Matt Harris, who we'll hear from later, is going to be spearheading that charge there.
1: Absolutely, and it really is a team effort here. Um, You know, it's it's not just, you know, myself and, and another, you know, couple guys doing this. There's a lot of people involved. I think last count we had probably 40-plus, you know, people on the team, from the management staff, to editorial staff, photographers, broadcasters, salespeople. And, and, you know, to talk about the salespeople, we have the best sales team we've ever had in our history right now. We brought on Director of Sales Corey Rodriguez to spearhead things. And so he's kind of taken the sales department under his under his reins, and, and he's running with it. And, of course, what we do here, we always like to say on our broadcast live and free, Well, free is important for us. We want to keep what we do free. And the only way we can do that is support with, you know, local businesses, big businesses. It's advertising. We're advertising driven, and we want to keep it that way. So, you know, our our sales department, they're the real MVP. They keep the wheels on this bus turning. And we're in the best spot we've ever been with a great crew um, there. So looking forward over the the course of the year, look for new and and more things. And we launched this morning. Um, with the new website, hit a couple little bumps, which we expected. We got over them quickly. And so as we go along, we're going to be adding new stuff. I mean, we have things on paper that that we jotted down on napkins while we're eating in the middle of nowhere at Buffalo Wings for ideas. And now we're in a position where we can actually make those ideas happen. And the beneficiary of that are going to be the fans of high school sports.
0: Well, Paul, I know we're all excited for the improvements that have been made in look, layout, and all those things, functionality all over the site. And hopefully the fans listening to this are enjoying the extra content as well. Thanks for coming on with me here today.
1: Hey, thanks for having me anytime.
0: Absolutely. Coming up next, we'll welcome in our own sport information director and everyone's favorite Canadian, Matt Harris, to discuss his thoughts on week one of the high school football season and to take a sneak peek into what's coming up this week. That's right here on the Idaho Sports PrepCast, presented by Project Filter.
1: My name's Jerry, and I smoke for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died and it was enough to wake me up you know being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking i still hunt and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going and i want to be there for that call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org
2: Hello, it's Toyota's National Clearance Event. This is Jan. Hi,
0: I just wanted to make sure your clearance event is on because it's our last day of vacation and we're heading over right after. Yes, it's on right now through September 4th. We've got great deals on the remaining 2018 models.
2: Oh, this is crazy!
0: You know what's crazy? Our super low APR financing and incredible lease offers. This is the big one! You're right, it's the biggest event of the year!
2: Toyota, let's go places. Not all customers will qualify, see so your participating dealer for details.
0: One segment in the books here on the inaugural IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter, and now it's time to welcome in our very own Sport Information Director, Matt Harris on the phone line. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Well, I am excited. We have got this going, trying out our very own podcast type thing. We're going to call it the PrepCast because it's the only one that you're going to find in Idaho and a lot of various places. It's going to be entirely focused on high school sports, what happened throughout the state in variety of sports. This week we're going to talk about a lot of football because that's what we've been completely encompassed in over the course of the last couple of weeks and you in particular you were at the Rocky Mountain Rumble on the broadcast for all six games on Friday and Saturday this past weekend boy lots of football lots of fun good people around you working with that must have been a great way to kickstart the football season
2: it's always a good way to kickstart the football season I mean. Uh, you get six games in one location. You get to watch uh, some of our Idaho teams take on competition from out of state, which makes the games very intriguing to see how we match up against competition from out of state. It was certainly a good time. A lot of work went into it. And we I know that uh, everyone that I worked with, we all had
0: a lot of fun. And of course, you know, six different games, there's a lot to digest out of that. But what are some of the things that stood out to you at the games that you witnessed there at the Rocky Mountain Rumble this past weekend?
2: Well, I'll start with Minico. Uh, Minico surprised me, actually. I thought that they were going to lose quite a bit, and there would be quite a bit of an adjustment to Keelan McCaffrey – as new head coach and you know bringing in new guys, new starters, it sure didn't look like they had to make a whole lot of adjustments. I talked to Coach McCaffrey prior to the game, and he said, "You know, we're going to be running a lot of the same stuff that Tim Parago ran when when he was the head coach." And uh, it looked like they just picked up where they left off from last year. Honestly, they they played efficiently. Uh, they ran the ball maybe, maybe even more than uh, Coach Parago's teams did in the last couple of years, and they ran it very very well. Uh, I was actually a little shocked at that uh, at that result in the end. Uh, you know, they played. Very, very well in in Kirtland Central didn't really ever adjust to the wing tee and Coulter May played exceptionally well uh, for Minico. That was one thing uh, that stood out for me as well. And then if you look at the final game on on Friday night, of course, uh, that game was you know Orem versus Century Orem out of Utah. And I, I had someone ask me, they said, is, "Is Orem really that good?" And the answer is, yeah, they're really that good. I mean, they've got ten, twelve Division one guys that are playing right there, and they're all going to to major colleges, or they're going to be going to be going to to major colleges, and I mean, they, once they get going, it's pretty tough to slow them down. And for Century, it was a great experience for them. Yeah, they get they pick up a loss, uh, you know, a, a loss on the, for the game, but that was something where they could basically just say, "All right, we went up against one of the best teams that's probably going to be ranked here in the nation shortly." And you know, you get some experience out of that. You go up against a high cal- high quality, high, high caliber team. You take that into your next week and saying, "Okay, we did some things successful against them. How can we build on that?" And I think Century is going to be just fine certainly. You know, they found some they found some bright spots in the end. It took them a little bit, but they did find some bright spots, and uh, yeah, for, for that game for them against uh, against Orem, it's one of those ones where you just you marvel at the talent that's on the field, certainly.
0: And, you know, you talked about Minico, and everybody wondered, well, Tim Perigo's gone for the first time in what seems like forever on the sideline there, but you bring in a guy in Keelan McCaffrey that's been from within the program, and of course, District 4-4A football, you always expect a heavy emphasis on the run, and just not much changed. You got more, more, and you were mentioning to me, you thought they might even ran it more than in the past.
2: Yeah, it sure felt like they did, and and I think that, that Connor Stocking is that quarterback for them, and he came out, and obviously he's a first-time starter, but he came out and he played rather efficiently. He, he handed the ball off well. He made sure that the offense was flowing, and when it came time to throw, he did a pretty good job, um, and that's the thing, though, is it, last year with John Perrigo at quarterback, it sure felt like they passed it a lot more than they had in previous incarnations of the the Coast Spartans this time around though they were sure run, they, they were running nonstop it felt like and honestly for good reason too because it's not like Kirtland Central was doing anything to stop them so why go away from what's working for you but yeah they they ran the ball efficiently and I think they maybe showed some of Idaho that you know they're not going to be as down as some people thought that they would be
0: and so obviously week one in the books we've got a lot of fantastic performances from throughout the state we saw some games that could be deemed surprises as far as who came out on top or how wide the margin was. But boy, there are some performances this past weekend that you just don't see very often. One of those being a 60-run performance in the Twin Falls game. And folks, this was from one player. Running back Jared Perry ran the ball 60 times for 227 yards and three touchdowns in that 28-14 win over Pocatello. And Matt, that is absolutely incredible. That's three games for most guys.
2: It, it's funny because uh, we were, uh, myself and Lucas uh, Gebhardt and Scott Bur. Berk- and We were sitting at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings after the Rocky Mountain Rumble was done, and we were looking at some of the scores that were coming in. And we and Lu- Lucas saw that, and he said, "Am I reading this right? That it says Perry ran sixty times?" And we all looked at it, and we're like, "Wow!" And just we, we obviously, we you know we'd be talking, and all of a sudden it just come up. It's like, man, I can't believe that kid ran sixty times in a game. Like you don't hear about that. You don't ever hear of that. You I mean you, you'll sometimes see you know quarterbacks throwing 40, 50, 60 times a game, but not running backs rushing the football sixty times. I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard of a a player running it that much. Like, that's just crazy.
0: And then, beyond that, there was an uh, even more impressive performance as far as yard total goes. Alomar Alexander of Columbia, 25% of his 28 carries, seven touchdowns. He scored on one-fourth of the plays that he ran the ball for 348 yards. And get this, Columbia, 69 to 29 defeat of Emmett. They are going to be a high-powered offense this year. Everybody was talking about having Alexander back, of course, an all conference selection out of the 5A SIC last year. Columbia drops down to 4A. That looks like a dangerous team, Matt. It
2: certainly does. I mean, I'll be the first to admit in the game picks, I think I picked Emmett in that game. Uh, I didn't see a 40 point blowout uh, dished out by Columbia coming, certainly. I mean, they haven't, they've struggled quite a bit with their football program, but they bring in John Hellmendoller as their head coach. And of course, you know, he played at Boise State and he was a uh, a stellar running back uh, in his prep days as well I mean and what better what better guy to learn from than John Helmendall or for Alomar Alexander I mean if you're going to score if you're going to rush 28 times for 348 yards and seven touchdowns I mean that's a heck of a way to kick off a high school football season I mean I don't think anyone saw that coming first of all uh, I mean he set uh, a school scoring record in the process but to do that in week one that's pretty impressive and I think uh, the state certainly took notice of uh, what Columbia did in that first week against Emmett but yeah that is, that's quite remarkable but then you want to throw this in there too okay their quarterback austin collett uh he went 11 of 15 passing so very efficient passed for 232 yards and three more touchdowns uh columbia had just over like 600 yards or so of uh total offense on the night i mean that was just it was just remarkable how well they played and certainly uh alexander i mean that's that's a probably the biggest standout performance for me statewide in week
0: one and of course there were some games that had Big comebacks last week as well. Coeur d'Alene went all the way to Rigby. They were down 19 points in that football game, but a Kale Edwards eight-yard touchdown pass late in the football game led them to become one and zero. So a team that you always look at and expect to be good, able to stay on the right track. Then you go all the way down to 3A. Teton came down by a couple of touchdowns late in the quarter, uh, the fourth quarter, and they went on to win as well. Declo came back from behind against Sugar Salem. So it just shows. Teams are uh, sticking with it early in the season, and uh, th- they've got the ability to just come back from anything. So you're looking at a game in the third or fourth quarter, and you think it might be over. That might not be the case this year. 19-point comeback from Coeur d'Alene. That's one of the standouts, definitely, from Week 1.
2: Well, the, the game's never over until zeros are showing on the clock, and I think those games are a perfect example of that. I was talking to Lucas Gebhardt, who broadcasted the Coeur d'Alene-Rigby game uh, for us here on IdahoSports.com. And I asked him, I said, so what What do you think should have happened to this game? And he felt that Rigby sh- probably should have won the game because they had five fewer turnovers than Coeur d'Alene did. Co- I mean, for Coeur to come back from 19 down in the fourth quarter and having five turnovers is quite a remarkable feat, certainly. Uh, you know, that was a, one of the great football games of the weekend. Uh, you look at the Declo sugar salem game, uh, Sugar missed an opportunity there, quite honestly. Uh, you know, with Keegan Duncan going down with an injury, um, and Sugar missed that opportunity to try to, you know, win one Against Declo on the road, and Declo credit to them—they came together as a team and they got the job done. You know they deserve all the credit in the world for that game, for that for that win. And then you look at Teton as well—you know being down by that much, uh, Teton not exactly having the most success in recent seasons, although they did reach the first round of the playoffs last year. That's certainly got to be a good way for them to start the year. They got to feel good about that. You know playing one of their rivals in in uh, Jackson Hole High School—the Battle of the Tetons, and to be able to come back from that deficit and to win the way that they did in the fourth quarter. You know, certainly some good things being shown by Idaho high school football teams. And let's see if they can carry that momentum from those games uh, into
0: week two. And here's a big thing that stood out for me this week. Fruitland talked about in the offseason how they were going to throw the football a little bit more this year. They did that and more against South Fremont. gear in the senior quarterback, 312 yards and two touchdowns in a 43-14 victory. And get this, his receiver, Josh Hangler, is go-to threat. Nine catches, 226 yards and a touchdown. Over two-thirds of the receiving yards for the Grizzlies went to Hangler. He was a busy man out there.
2: Well, and you got to feel for South Fremont, too, because they're coming into this game going off previous history of what Fruitland has run previously, and then Fruitland hits them with a completely different offense. So it's like, how do you prepare for that, you know, coming into that game? And here's the thing, though, too, Sven. Fruitland also ran for 275 yards. You know, they, they passed and ran just as efficiently uh, as one of the others. So it's not like they were just all of a sudden just going to air it out, air raid offense. No, no, no! They mixed in the the, the rush as well, and boy, that uh, that certainly changes things for Fruitland. And uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, Fruitland's going to be losing quite a bit this year and they did to graduation but they're showing with their the evolution of their offense that they're still going to be a, a power for a long time they're still certainly going to be in the conversation this year once again and that was definitely an, an impressive showing by Fruitland considering you know for a long time they were just known as run 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 and pass only if we have to and that certainly changed things you know that first game against South Fremont showing uh, what they were able to do
0: you know and some of the other standout performances in the 2A classification Grangeville they jumped all the way up and played 4A Moss knocked them off 36-12. Quarterback Tesher Harris led the way with five touchdown passes. That was an impressive performance from Grangeville. And then North Fremont, we've talked about a lot of teams running the football and then running it some more. Oh, my word, these Huskies, close to 400 yards on the ground in their 46-14 win over Filer. That's a team that you've talked about with me a little bit of a dark horse there in the 2A classification.
2: Yeah, you know, North Fremont is interesting because they only had one senior last year, and that was Sawyer Dye, but he had torn his ACL from playing uh, basketball during the su- in the summertime, and so he wasn't even available last year. So basically, it was a bunch of juniors and sophomores on the roster for North Fremont last year and a couple of freshmen as well. So basically, they bring everyone back, and uh, head coach Ben Lenz told me during our IdahoSports.com uh, football preview that they've actually got a few more kids uh, in the fold this year. It's, one of the, it's the biggest of their programs has been in quite some time. So basically, you're taking a team that had pretty good success last year up until uh, Garrett Hawks, their quarterback, broke his ankle against Salmon. They had pretty good success and then you bring them all back this year and they're all healthy. I mean, that's certainly going to be a recipe for success and I definitely think that they, personally, I believe that they are the front runner to win the nuclear conference as long as they stay healthy. Um, They could certainly make some noise in the 2A classification because of their offense. Their offense is kind of complex. It's an option game. They run the ball a ton they're not going to pass it unless they absolutely have to but they run the ball so efficiently that they almost never have to pass as you saw in, you know with the results of the game against filer and uh you know certainly they're going to be a team that is a very very interesting and tough to deal with come playoff time but then you also got to look at grangeville you know they've played moscow for the last oh, four or five years and they they come close each time and they couldn't quite knock them off and this year they really make a statement with that big win over a a, a school that's two classification sizes bigger than they are, and I think that should be if, if other people didn't take notice of Grangeville at that point, they need to take notice of them now. They bring back lots of players as well, and they sh- they will be a force in two A certainly, and uh, that's gonna be, that two A bracket is gonna be very interesting come state tournament time.
0: Some other things to note out of the two A: Wendell won for the first time since September 25th of 2015, defeating Marsing 37 to 12. That snapped a 21 game losing streak, and the Coal Valley defense in their 56 to nothing shutout victory over Payette held the Pirates to just six points. We also didn't get to this earlier when we were going through the classifications, but people are going to get on us if we don't talk about it. The Rocky Mountain Grizzlies, you know, a game that we expected to be tight, low scoring. I think that's what I expect most times when they get together because they play physical, they play good defense, and whenever Rocky and Mountain View get together, you know it's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a barnyard brawl, so to speak. 16-6 to the final. Rocky Mountain won that football game. Now move down to the 1A D1 classification. We've got a lot of coaching changes down there. Ryan Ball at Potlatch, Joe Woodland at Notice, and Mark Dodge at Grace all won their openers for the programs. Ryan Ball at Potlatch, so what I want to focus on here. As they knocked off Deary, a semifinal team in the 1A D2 ranks last year, 26-12, that really stood out. We were entering scores the night of, and you look at some things and you say, is that right? It was. Potlatch, the loggers, coming onto the scene quickly with Ryan Ball on the sideline.
2: Well, and, and Coach Ball has been around for a while, and he knows his sports rather well, and the fact that he took over the team and got them to do that in the first week is certainly a very good sign for Potlatch. They have really struggled in front football in recent seasons, and uh, I even heard at one point uh, someone had told me that their season might be in jeopardy, as if they might not actually field a team just because they didn't have enough kids, but I guess it turned out that uh, maybe they'll get more kids showing up now if that, if that was the case because of that big win over Deary. I mean, if you want to talk about a statement win, that was it right there, going from a team that has had the record that they've had the past few years, to beating a powerhouse team like Deary, who always seems to be in the conversation in 1A Division II, that's one that uh, really stands out, certainly.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those performances that you look at and you say, wow, who led him to that? Well, quarterback Justin Nicholson, he completed all seven of his passes for 89 yards and a touchdown. A couple of the other standout results from Week 1 in the 1A D1 ranks. Oakley went up to Lapway, beat the Wildcats 58-18. Quarterback Tate Cranny, 13-18, of 18, 218 yards and four touchdowns for the Hornets in that game. They also had a 99-yard touchdown run for Josh Nyman. You don't see that very often in the high school football ranks. And despite the loss, Genesee quarterback Colby Moser 520 yards, they threw the ball 49 times, and Daniel Lindquist caught four of those touchdowns for the Genesee Bulldogs, so you'll be able to watch this week on IdahoSports.com they take on Raft River at Middleton in what should be an exciting small school showcase, so to speak, there in the 1A D2 ranks, take a look at that, uh, lots of interesting things, but I'm going to focus on one in particular North Gym beating Butte County 48-42 to in overtime, I heard Butte County was without a couple of talented pieces including their quarterback for that game. But regardless, for North Gem, they enter the season as probably the favorite out there in the conference, and uh, that's a good way to start the year for them.
2: Well, I know that North Gem would have loved to have beaten Butte County the last couple of years when Butte County was in their conference, but I think they'll take this one as well. Uh, I mean, last year, consider this. uh, Last year, Butte County, uh, in their game against North Gem, Butte County smoked North Gem, beat them by uh, 40 points. It was like 46-6. to And for them, for North Gem to come back and... Play Butte County in the way that they did, take them to overtime, and then execute in overtime to be able to knock off the Pirates. You certainly have to, to feel confident about that, because you have to think, too, uh, Butte County, they have a, uh, quite a few upperclassmen on their team this year. The past couple of years, they were rather young, still played well, but were rather young. I remember uh, Sam Thorngren telling me for the Idaho Sports Football Preview, basically saying, you know, it's nice to have a more experienced team for a change. And for North Jam, they have some experience coming back as well. So this was certainly, I'm sure, a a nice outcome for Dana Strong and for his crew uh, in Bancroft and being able to knock off the Butte County Pirates in the way in which they did to kick off their season.
0: Other things to note in the 182 ranks defending champion Kerry Jumped out to a 52 to nothing lead over Castleford at the end of the first quarter, going on to win that one 60 to nothing. Dietrich had four players rush for over 70 yards in their win over Hagerman, and another big one: Mullen and Saint Regis Co-op, the junior. Player for him, Ian Ferris. he picked off five passes in their 66-6 win over Timberline Weyite. And coming up this week, it will be an interesting contest as Mullen takes on Deary. And I think that's a game that got a lot more interesting with the Deary loss to Potlatch last week. Well, we've got more with Matt coming up after the break, including our Pick 6 segment and a look at games that stand out on the schedule for Week 2 of the high school football season here on the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter.
1: Cable One brings high-speed internet to the greatest town on earth, yours. Now you can get up to 100 megs for just $45 a month for 6 months. No deposit, no contract. Enjoy faster downloads, better streaming. Up to 100 megs, $45 a month for 6 months. Connecting is easy. Call 877-687-1427 or visit cable1.net today. Restrictions apply. Call Cable One for details.
0: now time for what is easily our favorite part of the show as Matt and I try to see just how badly we can embarrass ourselves by picking six games throughout the state of Idaho for our pick six segment. For those that may remember when Matt and I previously did something similar during the hurricane hour in eastern Idaho a few years back, well, we have an added wrinkle now. We'll each pick one game also in addition to the pick six that would be considered an upset as our extra point, so to speak. We'll keep track of the point tally throughout the year, and you better bet there are bragging rights on the line here. Matt, this is my favorite thing to do personally is pick the games, get some speculation going and see how many people strongly disagree with what we come up with. All
2: I want to know is what your upset special is going to be this week that's all that I really care about
0: <laughs> I gotta admit you might be disappointed I was going through and I was like you know I, I want to pick a game that is an upset but that I also really feel fairly strongly that the team's gonna win the game but <laughs> it, it's it's difficult to come up with an upset and then sound intelligent as well in uh, justifying the upset pick so we'll see what you think of my upset pick and if you actually deem it as an upset this week we might have some
2: well and, and that's just it when we did when we did this on my uh, sports radio show back in the day uh i mean you get the the whole thing that set it off was the one pick you gave the one week well will you tell will you tell the listeners what that was
0: yeah i picked marsh valley to uh, beat sugar salem in a football game and this is probably 2015 2016 something around that and uh well sugar salem went on to win the football game about 50 to nothing So moral of the story is I'm a little (laughs) bit safer with my upset picks now, and we'll see if that changes as time goes on. But for this week, I think that it's not the upset special of the week. It's just a game where I think the team is considered the underdog, and I think they're going to win the game. And we're going to go with that. All right. All right, so let's get it it. started with our our pick six. Again, we pick six random games from throughout the state that we think are going to be competitive this week. And Matt and myself go through, and we pick who's going to win. And we tell you a little bit about why we think they're going win so capital is on the road at mountain view this week of course capital got their season started with a big blowout victory over timberline at donna larson park while mountain view fell to rocky Mountain 16 to 6 matt who you got in that one
2: boy this is a tough matchup because capital has got a stellar offense they've got oh my goodness ryan hibbs played about as effective as you can in their uh in their win over timberline mountain view however they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because of their loss to rocky mountain because they're, play- they're playing for something now the It's the Battle of the Mountain is the name of the rivalry now, and they're uh, playing for an axe. Anytime they play Rocky Mountain, and uh, they they lost that axe to Rocky Mountain. I think they would like to try to make up for that this week. I think Judd Benedict gets his team ready to go, and they they have a bounce back performance this week. I like Mountain View to edge Capital. That's going to be a very very good football game.
0: I'm going to go the other direction on this one. I will take Capital to win the game. I like their quarterback Ryan Hibbs. He's got a lot of talent. Their defense is tough. This is a team that has. Many playmakers on the field, and I think they're going to surprise some people with just how much they're able to do. Everybody always knows Capital's going to be good, but I think this is a year where they are state title worthy good. I think the same for Mountain View, but here in this week, I feel pretty comfortable saying I think Capital could win the football game. So that's what I'm going to go with as my pick on that one.
2: I think it's interesting too, Sven. This is a this is the second big week in a row for Mountain View when it comes to the playoff picture. So in a sense, you you know you talk about you know the Big Four when it comes to the SIC. You've got you know Mountain View and Rocky and Capitol and Eagle and then you gotta throw Bora in there now of course. Uh, if if uh, Mountain View loses this game against Capital, that means they're down two when it comes to the playoff picture, at least in terms of the conference standing. So that could really affect the way that the bracket shapes out uh, when, once we hit the uh, end of November, end of October.
0: Never want to start the season 0-2. Mountain View has as big of a test as anybody in the state with their opening two games of the season, definitely. As we drop down to the 2A classification, we're going to talk Declo at Aberdeen. Of course, the big star for Declo Boise State commit Keegan Duncan got a little banged up and probably is not expected to play this week at Aberdeen. So that'll make things interesting. But you look at it, Deklo, regardless of him being out there, they managed to come from behind, win a football game against the Sugar Salem Diggers, and that's a really good Sugar Salem team that was picked second in the preseason poll, uh, the media poll, of course, for the 3A classification. So who you got? Declos at Aberdeen. That seems like a toss-up to me.
2: Well, that's going to be a good football game. I'll, I'll tell you, it got a little more intriguing when Duncan went down, certainly, um, and uh, certainly we wish him a speedy recovery. I think that the big thing to focus on here is that Deklo, like you mentioned, won that game against Sugar because they're they're more than just one player they're a team and they played very very efficiently to try to get back into that football game the question to me is can they repeat that performance on the road against a team that has been very very good since uh, jeff duffin took over you know a few years back and uh, for aberdeen they're coming off of a 41 nothing blowout win over the uh, american falls beavers matthew clausen played extremely well in that football game he had five touchdowns total in the game He's stepped up and become a very good uh, passing threat as well uh, if, if it was if, if Keegan Duncan was healthy in this ball game I would pick Declo. but because he's not and it's more of a toss-up I'm going to take the home team in this one the Aberdeen Tigers
0: yeah I'm going to go the other way again we're going to pick these different and this will happen a lot me and Matt have some disagreements and they're going to come out in full circle here on the game fix and I'm going to tell you exactly why last year in the playoffs Aberdeen went against a new Plymouth team that is big they are tough. They are strong. And Declo is the same kind of brand of football. Kelly Kidd says this is the best offensive line, probably, that he's had in his entire coaching tenure there at Declo. They've won state titles. They've been real good for a long time. If he thinks this is his best group up front, I don't want to face them. And for Aberdeen, they're going to have a difficult time matching up with them up front. The game will be close. And uh, I'm going to pick Declo to win this football game.
2: All right. You have that then. (laughs) Here's the thing, though, too, and Jeff Tuffin told me this as well. He said um he said that they have more size on their line this year than they've had in a long time at Aberdeen. So, I think that that, that the the battle in the trenches it's really going to come down to that, but I think that Aberdeen they they've got they've got some size that they can work with as well. They bring back uh, a couple of all conference players and all state kid as well. It's that's going to be a fun battle to watch and thankfully we've got that one broadcast here on idahosports.com as well.
0: Yeah, so far those first two games, Capital at Mountain View and Declo at Aberdeen, you can watch both of those on idahosports.com. You can also watch prairie take on valley that game taking place at middleton high school again that's the small school showcase type feature uh, matchups that we were talking about earlier they've got genesee taking on raft river prairie against valley we're gonna pick prairie versus valley for the sake of this pick and matt i'm gonna go first this time so that everybody doesn't think i'm just listening to what you're saying and then changing my mind at the last minute i will pick the defending 181 state champion prairie pirates they've got three all-state performers coming back and i really like them behind quarter Back Spencer Shoemaker. They will be very tough to beat this year, but I think that's going to be one of those high-scoring, fun to watch eight-man football games this weekend.
2: Boy, if this uh, shakes out, and if it shakes out well in the conference play, this could be potentially a state championship preview matchup. I'm actually going to go the other way, and it's not just because you picked Prairie. I would already picked Valley in my mind on this one, and the reason I'm picking them is because they already have a game under their belt. They have one under their belt. They've uh, had, they've they've knocked off the rust, so to speak, and this this gives them a chance to review their game from last week, work out some things that they would like to improve on, and try to improve and, and work on those moving forward. And Prairie, on the other hand, doesn't have that luxury because they didn't play last week. That being said, they do they potentially could get some film on Valley and see what they're doing exactly. But uh, for me, looking at it, I, I just feel like Valley has a little bit of an upper hand in the sense that they already have a game under their belts. It's it's one of those things where you know they they. Basically, they, they get that extra chance to work on work out the Kings to work on some things. I mean, they beat Rockland fifty eight uh, to fourteen. They had four hundred eighty five yards of total offense. They ran for three hundred eighty yards on the ground. And uh, when it comes to the, comes to the passing game, uh, their quarterback Jason Hardy he went eight of eleven passing for one hundred and two yards, and then rushed seven times for one hundred eighteen yards. So he's got the perfect balance of for a dual threat quarterback that you want. And they just played very very efficiently in that ball game. That being said, this is another game that uh, that could come down to the wire just basically is going to come down to execution in the end but i just feel like valley has a slight upper hand against prairie
0: yeah so that's a very exciting matchup to watch well we are three picks in and every single one of our picks have been different so far i have the feeling this next one we might be on the same page as we head down to district four lighthouse christian is at carry this is an improved lighthouse christian football team carry of course lost many of their players from that state championship team a year ago but they do return 182. State player of the year, Porter Meekham. And uh, it's a carry football team that nobody wants to face. And in the 1AD2 ranks, you just don't get as many numbers as what you see at a school like carry very consistently. So, who do you got? Lighthouse Christian at carry. I'm
2: going to take carry on this one. And I'm going to take the, the defending state champs. Uh, because of how well they showed in their first game, I mean, to score 52 points in a single quarter—I don't care who you're playing—that's impressive. And they came out and they—they they basically said, "Hey, we're not going anywhere." Yeah, we may have lost some players, but I'm not going to go. We're not going to go anywhere on that. I think. I think those are going to be a very, very good football game because you got to look at Lighthouse Christian as well. Uh, they've got, uh, they've had some, they had some studs in their first game against Hanson, which ended just before halftime. I mean, Colin Holloway, he's a sophomore, but he went 11 of 21 passing for 266 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty impressive for a sophomore. It doesn't matter what level you're at on that one. Uh, that's going to be a very fun game to watch. But I am going to take the defending champs. A lot of it too is because of the returning experience that they do have. That experience of going through the playoffs and winning a state title and bring back what they do have for experience going up against a young but very talented but maybe a little bit more inexperienced lighthouse christian football team span
0: yeah carry is going to be just a tough out this season and until they lose to be entirely honest with you i'm going to pick them to win each week just because they have that much success in recent memory and, and there's no reason to really doubt that they're going to have it again so again i'll pick Kerry in that one at the 1a d2 ranks He's going to move over to eastern idaho this is a non-conference game this year the century diamondbacks head up north to idaho falls to take on the tigers tigers coming off of a big 34 33 victory on the road in lewiston against the lewiston tigers or excuse me the lewiston Well, Bengals tigers we're all going the same direction here but (laughs) anyways this is a game that a lot of people have talked about during the course of the offseason they're excited they're circling it they want to see what's going to happen century a tough week one contest against orem and that's just a team that has so much talent, all in one program. Guys going Division One, guys going to FCS—they are all there at Orem, Utah, playing football. So we don't really know exactly what Century is going to look like yet against these Idaho teams. So this is a tough one to pick. Basically, the Idaho season opener, so to speak, for the Century Diamondbacks.
2: Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, they br- and here's the thing: both teams bring back a lot of a lot of seniors. Uh, Century brings back 17 returning starters. Uh, Idaho Falls brings back 15 returning starters, I believe it is. I mean, there is a lot of returning talent on the football field. And for Century, I mean, if you're Idaho Falls looking at Century, if you're looking at Century game film, I don't know exactly how much you take out of that game because of the, of the team that century was playing. Um, And I mean, look, there was good things that century did in the, in the ball game. You know, it was the game was a little bit out of hand at that point, but there were some things, some good things that century did for Idaho falls, you know, matching up against a team that has a little bit closer to the talent level that they have and seeing what they were able to do on the football field. You know, with that last second, uh, last second win that they had against Lewiston, you know, they've got to, they've got to be feeling good coming off of that. But century as well, they also have to be feeling, you know, like, well, they got that chip on their shoulder, you know they want to show that they're that they can play better than the way that they did against Orem, so this is definitely going to be an interesting game, and uh it really just depends on wit which perspective you take are you going to take the team that is coming off the big win on the road or are you going to take the team that has a chip on their shoulder after getting uh, blown out against an incredibly good team a team that could beat any team in Idaho that's a it's a very interesting game and for me i am probably going to take the century diamondbacks in this one just because i feel like they have the, they have just as much talent as idaho falls i feel like they have just as much ability to win football games, had they been matched up against Lewiston, I feel like the... The, that the matchup, that the result would have been the same in the end. I just feel like uh, Century just has a, just a little bit more, and I, I can't even explain what it is. I don't even know what it is. They just have a little bit more right there, and I feel like they're just going to out-execute Idaho Falls potentially down the stretch. I mean, I very well could be wrong. This is an incredibly tough game to pick, Sven, but I'm going to take Century in this one.
0: Well, I think you like the uh, Travis Hobson effect there. you got to go with the, everybody's favorite coach here. We, we enjoy Travis Hobson. He's a good guy. Friend of the program. So <laughs> I'm going to go... The thing is, yeah, I, I, go ahead. I, I I'm just talking about Travis Ops and how great he is. I don't need to do that because everybody already yeah. knows. So go go ahead. <laughs>
2: I was just going to say that I just feel like you know, despite the fact that they that they had a rough outing in their first game, that's not indicative of of, of what Century is, and I think they really want to make up for what happened to them last week against against Orem. And this is and it, this used to be a conference game; it's not anymore with the way that the con- the new conferences uh, ended up forming. But it's still a big one because it's going to kind of show where each team stands in the four A hierarchy, so to speak. And I think Century is going to treat this as if it's a conference game and as if it's this big game that they absolutely absolutely have to win. I'm not saying that Idaho Falls won't, but I think there's just a little bit more there that at Century feels like we need to show up and we need to show that this is who we really are and I just feel like they have just a little bit more uh, in their favor.
0: Yeah, it's definitely two teams that had very different opening week experiences. I like Idaho Falls riding the momentum from last week. Uh, a late victory like that, the last 90 seconds of the football team is the kind of thing that builds a lot of excitement. They're going to be playing at home. There's going to be a lot of people there at Radston Stadium. And uh, I just like Idaho Falls. They have a lot of talented kids that are coming together. And I think that they're going to be a really good football team this year in District 6 that could challenge for a conference title. Of course, we'll talk about throughout the season, many of the other teams that could compete with them for that. Hillcrest and Skyline probably being the favorites. But Idaho Falls is a dark horse that could come in there and upend some people. Now we're going to talk about one of those teams. Hillcrest is traveling to Madison. They will take on the Bobcats in Rexburg. And we look at that matchup on paper and that's a good one and i I think that you know madison a big victory last week against lake city hillcrest won in the rumble against star valley wyoming each team has got to be happy with how week one went but now the task is going to get a lot tougher as they go up against each other i like the madison bobcats in this game their quarterback jordan porter is as good as it gets they're a well-coached football team And uh, they've just got more kids as well. So that's going to help the Madison Bobcats to knock off Hillcrest this week.
2: You know, I'm going to go with you on that pick. I am going to take Madison in this ballgame over Hillcrest. And uh, there's a a couple of reasons why for this one. First one is this used to be a conference matchup, and Madison has won those conference matchups the past few years where almost every year that Hillcrest was in there at the same time with them. Uh, So there's the history there. In the past couple of seasons, Madison has won that matchup with Hillcrest. The second reason, though, is because of the returning talent that Madison has. They bring back Jordan Porter and Carson Hastings. They've got Mason McCorder playing on both sides of the football now. I mean, this is a talented football team. Mitch Buck is very excited about his football team this year. And when it comes to, if you were to compare the two teams that they just, that both teams just played, Madison played a 5A in Lake City, and Hillcrest played what essentially amounts to a 3A school out of Wyoming and one that that had, uh, had lost every single offensive and defensive starter except for one. So, and look... And there's a a new coach, new system coming in with Kevin Meyer and Hillcrest. They are going to be very, very successful this season. I just feel like Madison has more continuity on their roster. I feel like they just have just a little bit more than Hillcrest does. I feel like this is going to be a very good game. Jordan Neuerberg for Hillcrest and Oakley Hussey are playmakers. They showed it against Star Valley, but Madison has just as many playmakers. And uh, they, have, they have a lot of returning talent in that, and that continuity. I just like Madison just a little bit more in this ball game.
0: And Norberg, when you have him running the football, that's going to keep you in just about every game. So if he's able to go off like he has so consistently in his high school career, it's going to be very difficult for Madison. They need to stack the box and slow him down as much as possible as he is a dangerous man on the football field. Now it's my favorite part. We did our pick six. Well, now, Matt, we have got a pick one game throughout the state that each of us thinks Has the potential to be an upset, so I'm gonna let you go first, and I'm really curious what you're gonna come up with because I think this is gonna be the fun part. If we get the upset pick right, that's the breaking rights over top of the pick six. I think.
2: I feel like if we get the I feel like if we get the the upset pick right, I feel like that should be like a two point conversion, and we get an extra
0: extra point. Oh, the two point conversion. There you go. That's well. If you get crazy and pick a really wild upset, maybe that's your two point conversion. (laughs) We're, We're doing it on the fly here. We don't really know yet. We're just trying to get it all sorted out and figured out. We'll continue to change the segments, of course, as we go on, but for right now, this just seemed like a good idea. So, Matt, kick your extra point. Who you got? I'm taking Mullen over Deary. Oh, man, you got me. See, I was thinking about that one as well, and I didn't pick it, so I'm glad I didn't, because we would pick the exact same game.
2: Yeah, you know, it's uh, you look at the way in which Mullen finally, you know, that now that they have players, you know, now that they form that co-op with St. Regis, uh, you know, they finally have some guys that can actually you know, play football the way that they want to play it and you show you you see some of the talent that both towns have you put them together and then they they come out with a 60 point victory over timberline of we and that now you have to go up against a dairy team which is kind of back on its heels after they lost to a team in potlatch that previously hadn't had a lot of success in recent seasons. You have to wonder what Ryan Kirk and the Deary Mustangs are going to be doing, are preparing for in this next contest, because this is the, this contest for them, this is a conference contest. This is a big one. And in, in previous years, Deary has won this matchup easily, but I think that Mullen really woke up the 1A world and said, hey, we can play very, very eff- effectively, especially you know when you have enough players to actually play. And I think that's going to be a good game. And for whatever reason, I looked at that game and I said, Mullen's going to win that one. I I can't explain it, but I'm just taking Mullen in that one to win.
0: Yeah I I like that pick I think that there's potential for that to happen and it'll be interesting to see what Mullen is able to do in that conference this year as it seems like a little bit of a changing of the guard it's been Kendrick and Deary every year for the two playoff spots but now it's opened up a little bit and teams like Mullen and Lewis County they look to have a shot at you know either winning the conference or getting the two seed out of it so that uh, there's a lot of different things that could happen there I'm gonna pick my upset special of the week here and uh, again based off of last week's results I don't know if people would consider consider this an upset or not, but I do because in the preseason coaches bowl, the Skyview Hawks were picked over top of the Centennial Patriots. So based off of that, I picked Centennial to beat Skyview this week behind Meridian transfer Caden Clark. Boy, was he good last week. Him and quarterback Dane Cook, they connected 10 times for 161 yards and a touchdown. They defeated Boise 36 to 9. And I think they're going to enter this game still a slight underdog against Skyview. So I picked Centennial to win that football game.
2: That's not- a bad pick. I mean, you look at Skyview. There, there's an adjustment moving to the 5A level, as I'm sure the Hawks are are realizing right now. And you know, Centennial they've been they've been down for a little while. This would be a good win to you know keep them going, keep them on their upward trajectory as they uh, try to escape the basement of the SIC. I could totally see that. I mean, I, I watched part of the Centennial Boise game that was uh, streamed here on IdahoSports.com and. Uh, that game for Centennial, they, they had to work out some kinks when it came to their offense, but especially in that second half, they really came together and uh, sorted things out. So, you know, that's, I could see that one absolutely happening.
0: Okay, so now it's time, as we've got our pick six out of the way, we've got our upset picks as Matt takes Bowlin over Deary. I've got Centennial over Skyview. Now let's tell you the football games that we're going to be at and broadcasting this week. It gets started with a quadruple header coming up on Thursday, starting at 5.30. Bounton home will be in Pocatello at Holt Arena, taking on the Pocatello Indians. Lucas Gebhardt and Sagey Wood will have the call of that one. I'll be in Buell as the Burley Bobcats take on the Buell Indians. That game is 7 o'clock kickoff. And a couple more 7 o'clock kickoffs. Cole Valley Christian is at Wendell. Eagle is at Bora. Coming up on Friday, lots of good games on the schedule. The one that I think a lot of people are real excited to see exactly how it shapes up as far as the 5A SIC is concerned Capital at Mountain View. That game is 7 o'clock. All of these are 7 o'clock kickoffs on Friday. Capital at Mountain View, Castleford at Hagerman, Decklo at Aberdeen, Meridian is at Timberline, Donald Larson Park is the location for that game. I'll be in Emmett Middleton is uh, traveling to take on the Emmett Huskies. Napa Christian at Grangeville will have broadcast for you. Preston at Jerome. And then you'll be at Thunder Ridge, the first ever football game at home. For The Thunder Ridge Titans, they welcome in back-to-back two-time defending state champion Skyline. That is a tough task, but they have got to be excited to just be breaking out the pads, getting on the football field, and having their home fans there.
2: I know it'll be nice for uh, Thunder Ridge to be able to play in their home stadium. I know they've been looking forward to it. and I know the uh, the community has been looking forward to it, Those uh, the area of, of which the Thunder Ridge boundaries are. I know a lot of people are, are looking forward to it. They had a tough outing last week against Bonneville. It doesn't get any easier year this week with Skyline coming to town, but certainly, uh, you know, in your first year, you're going to take some lumps, and this is just part of it, but at the same time, when you get to Chris in a new football stadium, a new school, it's always a good time. There's history to be made, certainly, and we're certainly happy to be able to be a part of that.
0: Some additional games on our broadcast schedule on Friday. Skyview is at Centennial. Snake River is at Sugar Salem, and then on Saturday, a doubleheader 1A football from Middleton. Myself, Paul Kingsbury, and Jackson Kingsbury will all be there at Middleton. Raft River takes on Genesee and Valley against Prairie. So again, those games can all be found by going to the IdahoSports.com homepage and then clicking the Game Streams tab. You can watch all of the games throughout the course of this week, 16 of them from Thursday through Saturday. Well, Matt, this has been a lot of fun. We got the opportunity to kind of revive what we did a couple of years ago with the Hurricane Hour in eastern Idaho, except for swap the roles a little bit. I'm in the host role, which is interesting having you on the other end. You're the analyst now. We've just completely went a uh, 360-degree turnaround on things.
2: You know, it's it's different, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I almost... It, and and that's the thing is it's you know you're sometimes you're sometimes the host sometimes you're the analyst and things just change but hey that's okay we're just glad to be able to be doing this.
0: Yeah so we'll be keeping doing this as we move forward we're going to have new episodes released every Wednesday so check back for those on the new idahosports.com. I'd like to thank our guests that came on the show this week of course owner Paul Kingsbury came on earlier to kind of introduce to what we're doing with the new site and then our sport information director Matt Harris came on as well to discuss everything that's going on in high school football last week and what's coming ahead here in week number two. So for Paul and Matt, my name is Finn Elskog. Thank you for joining us on the inaugural Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter.